Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 243. Uh, joining us this week, we have Grady Faulkner and Janiqua, uh, Janiqua Robinson of Grady's Way. Uh, they came here to talk about this project they've been working on for so long. It was their first day being open today, so we really appreciate them taking some time to come out of their day and talk to us about the great stuff they've been doing in the community. Uh, also this week, Heather is back. Uh, we're here and talking about how hard work is not as fulfilling as it once may have been. We'll talk about Sonic the Hedgehog, the number one movie in America. Uh, we'll talk about Spies in the Mall, the Westminster Dog Show, the definitive ranking of overrated snack foods, all this, folks, and so much more. We are happy, as always, to have you here on the Unicast. Content, go. Let's do it. Content. Welcome back, folks. Uh, Uticast episode 243. Uh, really nice conversation this week with Grady Faulkner uh, and Janiqua Robinson of Grady's Way, the homeless uh, shelter that just opened today. Actually, they came in today, and they were telling me in the interview, today was actually the first day that they had a person in there today. So they Aww. came straight from the, from, the, from the shelter, and then they're going back for a second shift. So mm. thanks for them for coming in. Uh, Heather, I'm very happy to see you here. You look wonderful, as always. Uh, I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> and Kevin, you are also here this week. And I also am here, yeah. And you look wonderful. Oh, you also you. look You're wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. I'm trying to keep up with Heather. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so, lo- a lot of stuff this week to get into, uh, but I do want to start with two things off the bat. Um, I don't know if any of you other folks out there had this problem during this really freezing cold weekend we had. It was seven degrees on Friday night, and... Mm-hmm. Our pipes froze. I don't know if we talked to you about this. All yeah, our, yeah, our pipes froze yeah. in the house. What? Kev got home from the show. We were playing late at night. Pipes weren't working. Yeah, it was a lot colder than seven degrees. I'll tell you that. Number. It was yeah, about negative seven overnight. Yeah, I came home. I went to refill. Um, you know, I got the humidifier that yeah. I keep in the bedroom. Went to refill it, put water in it. The water comes gushing out, and then it just like dries up to a little bit. I'm like, oh, those pipes are frozen. Mm-hmm. So I was able to take all the water that was left in the system. But yeah, they were heavily frozen. That's crazy. So I had a weird thing to happen. I first thing I did in the morning, I went up. You know, I got up in the morning. I went to the bathroom, and that was when I found out that the pipes were frozen. And that was a very scary, like two minutes. I'm like, oh god, because I didn't realize the sinks weren't working or anything else. I just thought I broke the toilet. Right. Right. Like I was just like, oh god, I've destroyed the toilet, and I don't know what to do. I've broken it. Um, so weirdly, I was like somewhat relieved. I was like, oh, it's not just the toilet. I didn't do this. This wasn't me. Um, so that whole morning, we had we were waiting for the plumber to come in. Nothing they can do really. Nothing. Nothing they can do. Uh, but what happened was what <laughs> so had everybody happened. who's ever had pipes freeze know what step number two is what? of frozen pipes. What is that? Broken pipes. Oh. Broken pipes. Yeah. So oh, yeah. because they freeze, yeah. they expand, and then crack. Sweet. Do you have water now? So we have water now, uh, but what is... It's just all in the basement. It's all flooded <laughs> through the basement. No. Um, no, yeah. just kidding. No. So we have the pipes. The waters came back. Water came back on. I was like. And I had planned to leave to go get some... My brother-in-law had what's called a salamander, which is basically a heater unit mm-hmm. for the basement. And uh, I was going to see if I could just use that to break up, you know, the ice. 
And as I'm leaving, I'm like, you know what? I should check the water one more time before I leave. And I turn it on. I'm like, hey, the water's back on. Problem solved. Oh, Looks no. like we've averted this disaster. And it was about 30 seconds later that I could hear water down in the basement. I was like, that doesn't sound like something that normally exists here in our house. Uh, I was frantic. And you ever had this problem where you're you're frantically dealing with like an emergency like that? Like not a, like a, you know, a small time emergency? Mm-hmm. And everyone is calling you about it. Like, I called my brother and I'm like, don't come over the floor. Like, I gotta go. Yeah. He's like, calling me back. He's like, do you want me to come help you out? Do you want me to come? I'm like, no, I'm doing something. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a very horrifying experience. Uh, but our water works. Our pipes are no longer frozen. Um, pretty wild stuff. So, yeah, there you go. Shout out. Send us any messages on Twitter about your own personal frozen pipe stories that you've experienced this winter. Uh, the other one. This is just a weird one. I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I've been thinking about it all day. I had a dream last night. Um, And have you ever had a dream where you are talking to somebody and you're referring to that person as someone, but you look at him, but it's not really the person that you're talking to? Oh, yeah, of course. So this is all I remember from the dream. (laughs) I'm sitting at a coffee table, like in a a coffee uh, coffee bar, whatever, with... A person who I'm referring to and speaking to as David Lynch, famed director, TV producer, writer David Lynch, but it's but it's famed director Michael Bay who is the person I'm talking to. It is not David Lynch, but I keep referring to him as David Lynch. And I asked him to hook me up on a blind date, and he told me no. Makes sense. You were in a coffee place. I was in a coffee place, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, do you know anyone you could hook me up with on this blind date?" And David Lynch slash Michael Bay told me, "Nah, nah, no chance." On this week's episode of Sam's <laughs> Dream Journal, <laughs> is that a new segment. No, yeah. it's just, the first half of the show is going to be Sam's dreams from the week, and the second half is all just, history lessons. It was a weird We've cut dream. everything else. It was a weird dream. Uh, well, and it's funny because I've talked about this before on the show. I have a bad habit of either. Not having dreams that I remember when I wake up in the morning. You know why. Why? You know why. Well, I know why. But I don't dream as much as I would imagine, right? Like, it doesn't happen all the time. So when I do have some intense dream, some wildly intense dream, it tends to stick with me. Uh, so I figured I'd ask you guys, what's your, do you guys have, like, intense dreams? you dream every night? You have some wild every dream? Night. Every night. you have every some. Night. Is it wild? Is it crazy They're dream? They're always weird. They're just weird. Like, yep. I try to explain them to somebody, and then I stop because it just... It's incredibly weird. <laughs> well, dreams are one of those things, like video games sometimes. We're going to talk about video games in a second. Um, where it may be cool in your head and really vibrant, but the more you try and explain the dream to somebody else, the crazier you sound. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like... There's, I, no, there's no worse story. And this isn't, this isn't <laughs> to like knock you in this here because we're talking about dreams as a whole. There's no worse story somebody's going to tell you than a story that starts with, so I had this dream. And you're like, oh, no. And like, unless it's something that's either applicable to me, because I'd like to hear if you're dreaming of me, or like it's something that you really have a lot of great recall and like it's really poignant. I mean, nobody knows. I would almost rather you not tell me about a dream you had with me. Oh, oh, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, depending. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. <laughs> I can't tell you what any of my dreams are. Oh, no. um, so, yeah. Share us also, while you're sharing your frozen pipe stories, share your weird dream stories with us here on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to be more active on social media, although I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know what's funny? I was having the same conversation with myself uh, last night, being like, I should be on Twitter more. And then I get on Twitter, I'm like, I got nothing to say. What did on you Twitter? say last week? Something like... Remember Twitter? Yeah, remember Twitter. Remember <laughs> yeah, Twitter. because I, like, I was I was talking with like two people who are um, like newer friends of mine, whatever you want to call it, like people that I don't haven't known for that long, 
And they were talking about how they're both on Twitter and, like, talking about Twitter. And I was like, damn, I really am just never... Like, I've got a burner account that I use all the time for, like, news and, like, different interactions and stuff like that. But, like, my own personal, you know, Twitter account, the one that we talk about at the end of the show, mm-hmm. I don't even look at it. You know what I mean? So I went back out. I'm like, oh, maybe I should dig back in. But I don't know. Yeah. I, don't I know. You might see a couple more tweets from wow. me, but I can't. Wow. I'm always stuck in the limbo where, uh, and quick humble brag here, since I've started using mm. the Screen Time app, uh, I'm down, like, two and a half hours wow. on my That's phone great. usage since the time I started it. Um, they got a screen time app on that on that Xbox in there. That's a good, that's <laughs> a good point as well. Uh, you know, it's funny. I had this conversation with my mom last night with dinner because yeah. I was talking about like kids and their cell phones and stuff. And I was like, it was probably the same thing for me when I was a kid. You were coming up to my room and yelling at me about like playing the Super Nintendo. And she's like, yeah, I guess, but you didn't bring your Super Nintendo to school with you. Like it yeah, was yeah. here in the house when you were home. Yeah, of course. And that's what it is, right? Yeah, the video game one is what I think about, too, and I looked at my screen time thing. I'm like, oh, I'm sitting down. I'm like, yeah, I'm playing a lot of video games lately. <laughs> a lot of games. Um, all right, so I have a couple quick uh, stories about uh, just in the weird state of America that we're in right now uh, and the world in general. Mm. Uh, the first one is a report that came out earlier this week from the Edelman Trust Barometer, uh, which tells people about their level of trust in both society's institutions and in capitalism, according to long-running yeah. surveys. I bet those numbers are lower <laughs> than the numbers had been. Uh, survey shows that people no longer believe that working hard will lead to a better life. <laughs> yeah, despite strong economic performance, a majority of responders in every developed market do not believe they will be better off in five years' time. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you guys about how you feel about five years' time. Do you think we're going to be in a better or worse place in five years' time? That's scary, because I'll be, like, 44. Ah. <laughs> I hope I'm doing something better. I don't know. It's hard, because I think it's hard, like, if you're in something that you're not quite sure about, but you're, it's hard to say. Uh, a lot of the, one of the quotes he talks about here is that fear in general is sort of stifling, uh, stifling hope and the long held assumptions about hard work leading to upward mobility, uh, and it got me thinking about you know the things. It is true though, like we we talk about the world around us. I always get nerved out. There's like less jobs than there used to be because jobs that we have are more efficient every day, and it takes less people to do the same amount of work. Mm-hmm. And it's just the population's so much bigger. I mean, this is like what Andrew Yang was talking about for a long time, I suppose, about like not feeling like there's anything out there going forward for us. Uh, and yeah, I can understand why people feel this way. I try really hard not to feel this way every day, mm. but I feel like it creeps into my like the back of my subconscious and a lot of things that go on from my day to day life. That's all I really have on that. <laughs> it's kind of depressing. <laughs> Did you have one on this cab before I move on? Or I mean, yeah, I, I don't. You asked her. What did you ask her? Well, how she feels about, like, five years. Do you feel better or worse about So your... when you're asking that question, do you mean um, society as a whole or at the individual level? Well, I guess we could take them on both terms. Right. Do you feel... How about on an individual level? Uh, individual level, yes, of course, will be right. better in five years because it's always better because you're always moving or planning or steering the ship in that direction. Right. And I'm a firm believer that with each passing, your life gets richer. Mm-hmm. Even for, you know, the losses we go through, the doors that close, the things that we don't really have, life is still getting richer because it's still growing, you're still learning, still bringing on new experience. So as long as you can keep the right mindset in that, I think you're always going to be better five years from now. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's easy to get caught up in that meta-narrative. Like when you said you spend a lot of time worrying about, oh, you know, these jobs are drying up and the economy writ large and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, and that stresses you out about where you're going to be in five years, that stuff, well applicable, doesn't dictate the course of your narrative, or at least the entirety of your narrative, right. you know what I mean? And that's why I think it is important to, you know, 
work smarter, not harder, and forge your own path and build your own narrative and don't buy into the larger, this is what it's supposed to to be, be. and these are the steps and benchmarks you're supposed to hit. Do what works for you in your actual life, not the life that you think you have because you're Mm -hmm. doing too much screen time on the internet, if that makes sense. New hobbies and always try things. Because All once of that you try stuff, new yeah. stuff. You're like, wait, I did this for a living. I could possibly have a job doing. I can do this. anything. Like I didn't, I'm in development. Yeah. I didn't go to school for development. I didn't do anything for mm-hmm. development, and I'm in development. Yeah, yeah, and that's so that's the notion of where <laughs> it keeps racing. going, and you can be in that better place because yeah. you keep growing and looking and learning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's the key, right? Like, when you stop wanting to learn new things or stop trying to expand who you are as a person, that's the first time where you start to feel like, I'm not gaining anything. I'm not becoming a better person. Not to say that everyone feels that they need to be a better person all the time, but just being active and not getting stagnant is a big part of it. And even... Go ahead. I was just going to say, a part of it, some of it can be, not all of it can be from looking back, but, um, you know, sort of doubling back and reaffirming things can also be helpful going forward. Like... Over the weekend, we had two good old friends stop by the house and hang out, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Guys, we hadn't really had time to sit down and hang out for a long time. Both guys are new dads, one with one kid, one with twins. And, like, old, old friends from the time we were, like, teenagers. And we were all sitting and hanging out and doing that. It makes you realize that even rekindling or, you know, reinforcing old relationships that you've had with people and people that you've known is also a way that you're building forward while looking back. And I think that's an important component to be looked into as well. Mm. You know what Mm. I mean? Reaching back out and making sure you firm up those connections with the people that truly care about you and you truly care about. I feel like, too, there is a bad sensibility by a lot of people I know that because the world is in a place where they don't feel comfortable... There is this idea, like, why why should I work so hard? What's the difference? None of this stuff matters. That's a bad mentality to have on an everyday going into your that's job. That's why and try. they are where they are. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's... I, I know a lot of folks who walk, who think about that every day they go and work. People who work their jobs all the time, like, hardworking folks who are like, I feel like none of this matters anymore. Tons of people. Yeah. Tons of people, because a lot of it is, like, a big scam. Mm. It's the notion, like, you know, a job that I used to have, that I had for a long time, that, you know, if you listen to the show, you know me, you probably know what I'm talking about, but... It was the type of job where it became very disincentivized to work hard or care at all because you were never, nothing was ever going to come from that besides a nominal peanuts of, you know, an extra $4,000 a year in your salary and like that's it and like just taking on more work. If you're not going to be, I think, I think what it is is people, younger people are starting to wake up to the notion that a lot of these people you work for do not care about you and will not care about you and thus you owe them no real loyalty or, or fealty in any way, shape, or form. And I think a lot of people are starting to be like, okay, well, if I'm not going to get anything for all this hard work, mm-hmm. then you're not going to get that from me because there's only so much mental energy that I mm-hmm. have in a day, and that's going to be put into places where it can be allowed to you know, sort of cultivate and grow and be nourished. Uh, I've, I've been lucky in a weird way with the job that I currently have now, working in education, mm-hmm. where, ostensibly, you are not really allowed to not work hard. Not in the mm-hmm. way that like there aren't teachers who work hard, but the job itself is hard work. It requires a, an excessive amount of right. planning and preparation, and you know, actually taking the plans you have and making them work, and then repeating them multiple times with new kids, and then moving forward. It never stagnates, and that's been actually a really nice change in my life, at least. For sure, feeling like okay, I got to be on top of this all the time. Well, and because you get that, you get the feedback, and you get your coffers refilled in the sense that you're actively making a difference for kids yes. every day. Mm-hmm. And you have a measurable thing where it's like, yeah, you know, I went in, and I worked really hard on this, and I kicked ass on this, and because I did that, 
these kids were positively affected and I can see that and then measure measure it in some sort of quantifiable mm-hmm. way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so that's a huge help. That That's a motivator for you to put in the work. Yeah, and I've talked about it a million times on this show, my insurance job, right? Mm-hmm. Not to say that I, you know, didn't work hard at it or try my best, but that job offered no tangible fulfillment. No. Right? You have a conversation with somebody on the phone. Maybe you help them a little bit. Maybe you don't. If you don't, you pass them off to the next person or they call back and they get another person because there's no you know, singular point of communication. It's mm-hmm. just a cog in a wheel. And as time goes on and you feel like you're getting worse and worse at this job, but they are putting numbers and stats to show you you're getting worse <laughs> at it, you sort of wonder. You're like, well, what am I doing this for? What? What's the point of this? Is it just for money? Because if it's just for money, then I'm doing this for the wrong reasons. Well, and I think, and so you'll see a lot of bullshit from, like, you know, the baby boomer corporate media like that, where it's like, oh, you know, nobody's working as hard, and people don't believe they should mm-hmm. work hard and don't want to work hard. And I think it's that's a little bit, and certainly in some cases that, you know, that might be the case. Um, but I think a lot of it is just people have kind of woken up to the fact that, like, rat race for rat race's sake mm-hmm. um, is, is can be a scam. Yeah. And if there's not going to be something coming down the road, people are less likely to just, well, put their put their head down, this is what I got to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And just starting to look at, you know, that's why so many young people are looking at alternative ways of, you know, living and, and living in a community and voting and, you know, structures and systems and everything like that. I mean... I wish there was just some way that you could teach people that... You can, like, I worked in retail for 15 years. A lot of people work in retail, like, where do I go from here? There's nothing I can do. I've only worked in retail. Mm-hmm. But you can take those skills that you have and apply them to mm-hmm. something else. A lot of people don't know that. Like, it's the same thing for bar and restaurant service industry. Yeah, like that, exactly. Those skills I think, are so transferable. Yeah, they think, like, I can't do it, but you can. There's so many things you mm-hmm. can get event planning. I mean, you can go in so many directions, and I think that's a problem that we lack. We tell kids, this is what you're supposed to be. But we don't teach them how they can actually think about. Well, you, should, you just kids don't learn that other things exist out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a good enough way of of teaching people that you know these things exist in a certain way, and that if you have a passion or a thing for something, say you really. I grew up. I was really into music. Mm-hmm. I love to play music. Music. Want to be a musician? Sam, mm-hmm. you know, you were there. Oh, yeah. You know. And when you're young, it's you're sort of like, well, I'm either like this musician in this famous band that plays songs, or I'm not at all. Not realizing all the other stop-offs on the way and yeah. the different little like, concentrated avenues and areas mm-hmm. you can take those skill sets you've learned and apply into growing other parts of the business. And every industry is like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you work retail for a long time, you get a good retail skill set, there's a lot of little different niches you can get yeah. in there that are the difference between you not working in retail and you being a cashier at yeah. Target. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You know, it's, this is a, I don't know if this is a weird example or not. I remember... And my mom was a first grade teacher for like 45 years. She was great at it. But one of the other things my mom is really good at, surprisingly, uh, not surprisingly, on the the low, is she's really crafty, like incredibly crafty. She Mm -hmm. always comes up with like, you know, know, especially for school kids, she would come up with all these like projects for the kids to do where they're building stuff. And, you know, she would do all sorts of craft stuff around the house. And she can go into a craft store and essentially show people where other stuff is. Like, oh, look at all the stuff you can do with this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And I went into, I think it was like a Michael's craft store one day with her, not that long ago. And I was like, you know, not to say you shouldn't have been a teacher because you're an amazing teacher, but it's mm-hmm. a shame because you seem to love this, right? Mm-hmm. It's a shame that you couldn't get like a job working in like a craft store where you know exactly what you're talking about and still be able to have the livelihood that you had because we don't pay people in this industry enough money to have like a, a, an intense a career that's fulfilling if you know, if you don't make as much money, if you're always behind it, mm-hmm. it feels like you can't invest in the things you love as much. If you're worried about, I can't pay the bills because yeah. of it. And it's it's not a direct comparison, but I always thought about like how many people 
step away from something they're really good at or something they love because it's just not feasible financially or feasible as a lifestyle mm-hmm. anymore. And it makes me curious how many folks out there are like that. So, I don't know, I just watched a video today about a guy who made his whole career, like, selling soccer jerseys, right? Mm-hmm. Like, retro, like, retro soccer jerseys. I'm like, man, I would love that job. It's like a one-in-a-million job, though. Well, not to oversimplify it, though, too, but a huge chunk of it is just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? Like... Oh, sorry. Like no. starting out at a farmer's market. I mean, mm. like you can start little places and put a great display of something up and see how people react yeah. to it. Test mm-hmm. those markets out and try things. Like people that think, oh, how am I going to get a DBA? It's actually very cheap to get a DBA. It's mm. like 35 bucks to yeah. fill everything to apply for a DBA. Yeah. You know, and if you think you have it, take that and spend for like less than $200. You can try mm. and yeah. see where it goes. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, very good. Uh, let's move on to something uh, a bit lighter. Uh, and, and by that, I'll skip past the coronavirus segment I had oh, on here. Oh, God, no. Uh, so, guys, this week, this weekend, the number one movie in America, the world, the biggest movie in America right now is Sonic the Hedgehog. Are you serious? Yes. Uh, I have never thought A $70 million that. opening weekend for a movie... About a blue anthropomorphic hedgehog who comes Sonic. into the real world. I liked Sonic when too. I was little, I loved it. <laughs> but if you ask me, what does this say about us as a society? Sad. I'm quitting the show. No, <laughs> I just so you know. No, no, no. If that's your question here, off of no, this. no, no, it's not. I. It just got me thinking. Like it's I've been about what it says about us. As a society. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not. Sad right now. I did not expect this. This movie felt. Like another cat situation. Like walking into it, I was like, oh yeah, this movie's gonna be a bomb. We're gonna laugh about it for the next like 20 years. Oh, remember they tried to make that Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Mm. I'm curious why it resonated. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot. It's a cartoon for children and it's February and nothing else is out right Mm. now. And everybody's going to the movies right now. That's yeah, a great it's, cold, it's cold as shit, so people are taking the their kids to the movies. If they're taking their kids to the movies, they're gonna go see that. You know what I mean? It's easy, it's illustrated. Uh, it's among the best showings ever for a long holiday weekend, uh, and it's also already the highest like grossing video game movie now? of all time. Oh, video game movie! But is there any other movies really out? That's the only one I know. Uh, sure, there's that Harley Quinn movie one. was out. That, so no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, well, no, because it's. I mean, that's the thing too. Like a lot of people are going to see if it's a train wreck. It's a nostalgia property. They've got built-in audiences. That doesn't really surprise me. I don't think. I'm a little bit. I'm a little surprised by it, just because everything we had heard about it beforehand was like, "Oh, this movie's a mess." They had to change the character. Yeah, and we like, just d- talked about it recently. Yeah, we talked about it not that long ago about people hated the trailer and it looked terrible, and people just hated the way he looked. Yeah. Then they changed it. That was just the thing. Uh, video game movies do exist, by the way, in the market and have have been successful before. I went back and looked through a list of a few of them. Uh, but it's something we, we actually watched a video about this. One of the very first movies that ever came out based on a video game in theaters was in 1993. It was the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, with Bob Hoskins oh, yeah. and John Leguizamo, which, uh, was not... Sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It's pretty bad. Um, but one of the things they talked about in the movie, or in the video we watched about it, that kind of resonated with me, you know... They kind of did a smart thing with this Sonic movie, it seems like, by taking the Sonic character and, like, putting him in the real world. Because the Sonic video game, if you go play Sonic the Hedgehog 1, there's not a whole bunch of story necessarily to it. None. None. There's no real... It's like Sonic runs fast and stops... Yeah, and stops... Dr. Robotnik. Robotnik. And turning all the forest creatures into robot mercenaries. There was no scenario. Well, the idea was, like, a lot of these early video games, it's hard to convert them into a movie because there's no real plausible story, right? 
But even like a new video game, like if you were to make a video game out of, I don't know, um, Tomb Raider. You're going to make a movie out of? A movie, yeah. If you're going to make a movie out of Tomb Raider. Haven't they done that? They have. Yeah, but that that game is ostensibly 60 hours long, right? So that's longer than like 10 movies combined, right? It's way longer. So you, if you have a movie, like isn't a video game now almost the same thing as watching I mean, a movie? trailers, like movie trailers for video games. Yeah, it seems hard to make a video game, a movie based on a new video game, because new video games are larger than movies. You have to condense something Already, down. Well, that's why they're turning them into series, right? Yeah, you like start... The Witcher and shit like that. Yeah, The Witcher. I'm surprised that that's popular, by the way. Like, Is people's... it good? I, I've I was, never... I, we were going to watch it, but I wasn't sure if it was I don't know anything about it. Good. I know it has that song that's popular on the internet that people meme all the time, but oh. that's about it. Um, it's not really my scene, yeah. necessarily. Uh, that like the, that's not really winning me over. Little with too, it, but little too elves and it. wizards. Yeah, too many. Yeah, that's why yeah. Zach likes it. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll run yeah. through. I'll run through a quick. Uh, this is, these are just a list of some of the Hollywood live action video game movies that have been released. So they made a Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made a movie about Street Fighter. You remember that starring oh, yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme. That's one. That might be the best that's video great. game movie ever made. That's an awesome. Movie. <laughs> Nine. Street Fighter's excellent. Uh, it was. At the time, it was the most successful video game movie that had come out. It made almost $100 million. Back when there were two. Then there were three. (laughs) There was also Double Dragon, which no one talks about. But then in 1995, I went to the theater and paid my own money to go see Mortal Kombat, the movie. Oh, yeah. Which is actually, it's not a... too bad. It's not as good them. as Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but no, it's all right. it is not. Annihilation is sick. It's an outrageous movie. Mortal Kombat is a little lackluster after you've seen Annihilation. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, for, for those who are curious, has a 2% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. See, Rotten Tomatoes lies. <laughs> if you're basing the movies you like on what other people say about the movies you like, reconfigure your perspective. Mortal uh, Kombat Annihilation slaps. Um... Uh, so here's another one I paid real money to go to the theater to see. Uh, Wing Commander, starring Freddie Prinze Jr. and Matthew Lillard. It was a takeoff. Oh, oh it's terrible. It was a horrendous movie. You lost me at Freddie Prinze Jr. Oh, you don't no. like Freddie? Yeah, no. Come on, Freddie Prinze, all right. No. Uh, they made a Tomb Raider movie in 2001. That was the Angelina Jolie oh, one. Yeah. Uh, they made the Resident Evil movie, which is an interesting... Tons of them. This, yeah, right. They made a lot of Resident Evil movies. Yeah, yeah. But we've talked about this. The first Resident Evil movie feels like it has nothing to do with the video game. Like, you could have called it anything else. I didn't even know it was a video game. Resident, yeah. I had no idea. Um, And then, more recently, there was a Doom movie starring The Rock. Don't skip Silent Hill like that. No, that's next. That's 2006. That came out after. Silent Hill, yeah. Silent Hill was a video game? Silent Hill was a video game. Um, They made Max Payne. Which was a video game into a movie. Starring Mark Wahlberg. Starring Mark that. Wahlberg, that's yeah, right. I video game movies, I didn't even know it. How about The Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, starring Jake Gyllenhaal as a swarthy Middle Eastern jacked man. It was pretty, no. it's an intense film. Man, they made like seven Resident Evil movies. That's insane. Uh, Need for Speed, starring Jesse Pinkman. The first thing he did after, uh, after Breaking Bad. And then they made a Warcraft movie in 2016, which is a thing that people seem to like. Mm. I, I couldn't tell you. Hopefully and then, and then of course, uh, the last three most recent ones, Rampage from 2018, starring The Rock as he fights giant monsters. Mm, wow. mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu, which had Ryan Reynolds playing that Pikachu. Terrible. That one made $433 million, dollars, by the way. I think it's Ryan Reynolds was in it. No, because these, these people are nuts. I know. Yeah. I've played it for like four They're years. Sick. I'm aware of how nuts I've never it played it because I don't think it was out when I was a child, so I don't have like that nostalgia for it. Oh, I'm I feel. Pokemon Go. <laughs> Pokemon Go, yeah. But I it's the same, that, yeah. same sort of thing, though. 
Uh, and then Sonic the Hedgehog made $113 million worldwide like, so far over the first weekend. So and now we're going into vacation. So. Yeah. There are more video game movies coming out. They're making another Mortal Kombat, like a rebooted Mortal Kombat movie in 2021. They're making a Minecraft movie in 2022, which I'm surprised no one's made already. Rumors abound of a Super Mario Brothers movie as well, but a kid's like animated movie. So there you go. There's your video game wrap-up for the week. Video uh, game movie wrap-up. Video game movie wrap-up. Oh, because there'll be more video game content to come, I'm sure. Um, oh, and by the way, as we're on movies, uh, the movie Cats, which became an internet joke, uh, ended its eight-week cinematic run. Uh, it made $73.5 million worldwide. It cost $95 million to make. So it's now one of the largest movie bombs of all time. Crazy. I'm still interested in going to see it. Sam's desperate to see it. I want to see it. I like a bad movie. I like the narrative. I, I'm very curious to watch it and be like, who thought this was a good idea? I'm, I just want to see it. I, I want to see the train wreck. I want a rubberneck on it. I can't help myself. I'm very curious. He's been desperate to see it since Desperate the first to see it. I think my nieces and nephews went to see it with my mom and they said it was very bad. Oh, my mom saw Joker this week. I didn't know if I told you this. Oh, wow. She, she, liked, she liked it. She's okay. like, a lot of people like that Joaquin it. Phoenix is amazing. And I asked her, I was like, should he have won the Academy Award? She's like, oh, yeah. I was like, better than Brad Pitt? She's like, I didn't like Brad Pitt in that movie. He was definitely better than Brad Pitt in yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's, yeah. I mean, they weren't in the same category or nominated for the same thing either, but. Mm. Uh, all right, so I guess we'll uh, we'll take a break and then we'll get, oh, I have one last thing. Uh, normally I do an outro segment, uh, Thanks, I Hate It. Uh, but this week, I have a thank you, I love it segment. So oh, some, yay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so shout out uh, to, <laughs> you'll have to give me a break on uh, the team's name. Uh, this is a soccer story, but don't worry. Uh, so earlier this week, a an Irish team, uh, I'm sorry, a Scottish team named Bohemian FC released their new soccer jerseys to the world. Uh, and what they did is they went into a deal with Amnesty International and they put the slogan Refugees Welcome and the logo on the front of their jersey and they've been selling it uh, and all of the proceeds are going to Amnesty International. It's a really cool jersey. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like when like sports teams or celebrities like make a statement like this, but I think it's just really basically when people say stick to sports, don't talk yeah. about politics unless I agree with your politics, in which case I'll hold you up as a hero. Yeah, the jersey right. also, yeah, I... Right. I, hypocrites, you're all hypocrites. <laughs> I just thought this was a really nice story. Uh, the jersey also features a silhouette uh, of the family fleeing logo and the slogan, love football, hate racism. I just really like it. It's a really nice, it's a really cool thing to do, and it doesn't really hurt anyone or anything. It just brings that message out to people in a nice way. And uh, if I had more money on me, you'd be damn sure that my Bohemian FC jersey would be in the mail. How much is that? Uh, it is 38.8 euros for an adult jersey. So I don't know what the conversion rate for euros to dollars is. So uh, you can send me that message as well. Uh, all right. So that was a quick segment of Thank You, I Love It from Bohemian FC. Let's get to this week's interview with Grady Faulkner and Janiqua Robinson uh, representing Grady's Way. Uh, homeless shelter was just opened up today. It's for boys 12 to 18 years old who are suffering through homelessness. Uh, it offers skills and programs and gets them into college and teachers and trades. It's a really, really cool organization. They're doing awesome, awesome work, and it was Really great of them to take some time off from their first day today and come down and talk with us. So uh, let's get into our interview with Grady Faulkner uh, and Janiqua Robinson of Grady's Way.
there it is. Now, technically, we are on the air. Um, Grady, Janiqua, it's really nice to have you guys here today. Um, but Grady, I gotta start with something. We we sat next to each other at that event. I've been thinking yeah. about this for two days. So it was, it was last year's the uh, yeah. the Genesis Awards we yes. won. Yeah. yeah, we sat next to each other. I don't know if I knew that many other people. There. <laughs> I know, right? I can't believe it took me this long to get you on here, though. I mean, I probably should have just had you on back then. Now I feel oh, bad about this, it. No, this is a great time, actually. <laughs> Janique, when you came in today to to do some work, did you know you were going to get dragged on in front of a microphone? To no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I was. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will do my best to keep this as stress-free as possible for you guys. Uh, but for folks, to, uh, folks who do not know, I'm here today with Grady Faulkner uh, and Janiqua Robinson, uh, the Youth Family Coordinator and Founder and the Youth Residence Manager, respectively, of Grady's Way, um, which I've been reading a lot about over the last two weeks. Today was your first day? First day, yes. First day. So, wow. I mean, I can't believe you guys decided to come do this on your first day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Things happen, so we just we roll with the flow. Um, so what was it like? I'm I'm so curious. Like, what was it like today, getting up and getting ready for this? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Were you were you prepared? Like, how, how did you feel waking up and getting ready for this today? Well, I I didn't sleep well last night. Mm. Um, after talking to Denise Kavanaugh over the phone mm-hmm. or through text, um, she was nervous. We were, we were we were very nervous. It's been a long time coming. So yeah. this is a day that we've been waiting for for the last well with Catholic Charities um, last five years. And for me personally, um, this is the last fourteen years. Wow, really? So yeah, yeah to wait for this particular day, mm-hmm. that wow. first kid to walk in the door—that's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, I want to get into that, but I want to start off with a little bit of background. Jean, um, uh, I guess we'll start with you here. Jean, sure, um, sure. where were you born and where were you raised? I was born here in Utica. Oh, very nice. And I was raised here in Utica. Oh, very nice. <laughs> That's great. As was I. Uh, well, I always, I'm always curious to ask. I like to know where people are coming yeah, from. Um, yeah. Did you, I'm not going to ask you your age, but I was, are you a Proctor student as well? Yes, I, I am was, a Proctor student. I was also, a, I work yes. at Proctor currently. Um, nice. Yeah, so what did you, what did you think about growing up in you? Did you like your time here? Did you enjoy your time in Utica? Was it stressful? Did you? Um, I enjoyed my time here in Utica. Yeah. We had a lot of things for youth. We had a lot of things for um, young ethnic kids growing up here, mm-hmm. so um, I enjoyed that. I think it was a good time. I think it's a good place to raise a family. Uh, that actually cuts into my next question. Um, were you only child? Do you have brothers, sisters, family in the region? <coughs> Sorry. Oh, pardon me. Sorry. <laughs> well, I have, um, two brothers. One passed mm. away and oh, I have sorry. three sisters. Oh, wow. That's true. I got a big family. <laughs> and I'm the youngest. <laughs> You're the youngest. Wow. <laughs> I'm also the youngest. I have two older sisters. I get a lot of flack for being the youngest. Oh, see? Well, let me ask you this question which I ask all the people who come on the show yes. who are the youngest. Did you get away with a lot more stuff than your family, the rest of your older siblings did? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My siblings say I can get away with murder. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. My, my, I get chastised every every day I go see, see? my family about this. Yeah. Also, though, I still get babied, even though I'm like 34 years old. Like, I'll go and I'll be like, I, I, didn't, I did it at my mom's house like last night. Yeah. She's like, oh, we're going to have meatloaf and scalloped potatoes. I said, great. I come up there. She's like, do you want me to get you another slice? I can go to the kitchen. I'm like, I'm 34 <laughs> years old. I can go to the kitchen by myself, for yeah. God's sake. Yes, yes. You still do get baby. Yes. Uh, so you went to Proctor. Um, did you do college, post-college, anything like that after Proctor? Yes. Um, I went to Bryan and Stratton mm-hmm. in Syracuse oh, for yeah. um, two years. Got my associates. Then I transferred to Fayetteville State University. Mm-hmm. Um, had some issues there. So then I transferred back. 
to Brian and Stratton University, mm-hmm. got my bachelor's, and now I'm at Grand Canyon University oh, um, getting nice. my uh, master's in secondary education. Secondary education. I'm currently also getting my master's in secondary education. Yes. I have like six awesome. months left. Are you stressed out? Have you done like student teaching or any kind of stuff? No. I have not done student teaching yet, but it it is not as stressful as I thought it was going to be. I have three classes left, so... You know, I'm doing the student teaching thing at Proctor as we speak. This happens to be my... This is the midwinter break, so I happen to be on break. Um, The first couple days, I was like, oh my god, I am not prepared. (laughs) I was not ready for what I was walked into, but... You know, within the last... I've been there about five weeks now doing it, and um, it gets easier every single day. Like, you... I think a lot of it is kids didn't trust me initially mm-hmm. when I walked in. They're like, who's this guy? What's right, this bearded right. white guy with, you know, coming in and trying to tell me about history? You know what I mean? And, <laughs> uh, I think it took them a little bit of time to find out that I was like, I went to Proctor. I, yeah. You know, I, I lived the same life you guys mm-hmm. did. I'm not some outsider. Like, I'm here to, like, support you guys. And, right. and it took a little bit of time, but now I'm really, really enjoying it. Do you want to teach? Is that the plan in the long run? Um, yes, I want to teach college, though. I want to really? Teach yeah. Teachers, how to be teachers. Ah, you know what? <laughs> As a guy who's just finishing up my grad school stuff, yeah. it's a good place to be. Yes. Okay. See. <laughs> and how did you? Uh, how did you initially get pulled into uh, into this job as youth residence manager? Um, I have a lot of experience working with youth. Um, I've always wanted to, kind of, since mm. I was about nineteen, twenty. Sure. And. Um, Grady here said, hey, I have this position. Um, send me your resume. I said, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm sure we'll get into that in just a moment, but how did you and Grady run across each other? Um, just, were, yeah, just in yeah. passing. And yeah. Just, I've been around the area, so we... Uh, Utica is very small, so we get, yeah. we actually get to know each other, or yeah. I know her sister, I know her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, just going to Proctor, I... Um, cross paths with her brothers a few times mm-hmm. at Proctor as the students. Yeah. Well, since you all went to Proctor, I'm, I'm curious, you know, I went to Proctor and I would go to like parties in like other school districts and people would be like, are you going to rob me at this party? And I'm like, I'm not, I wasn't going to. Now that you bring it. Do you want me to? Did you, did you feel like we got unfairly sort of like stereotyped as kids from the inner city as like being a Proctor kid? Was that like an image you felt like got presented on us like? as kids who went to the inner city schools? Well, um, for me, um, you didn't even ask me the question yet, but I'm going to... No, yeah, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm from Brooklyn, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not originally from Utica. So I came from Brooklyn, New York. Um, and coming here to and going to Proctor, um, it was kind of challenging. Yeah. Um, this going to Park West High School in Manhattan to come mm-hmm. into uh, Proctor and seeing a tennis court. Um, you can yeah. go bowling. I thought I was at Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. Um, so it was like a big way. Wow, look at yeah. look at this great building. Um, but I kept to myself. Um, so when I went to Proctor, I just I, my family life wasn't that great. Mm. So um, I connected with certain kids at school, the music kids. Yeah, you know. So I I hung out with them. I think we didn't go to parties. We went to Carmela's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hung yeah. out there, uh, or I went to my friend's um, house and hung out in his basement and played music. So mm-hmm. I, I I connected with the, the right people um, during my high school um, time. What uh, I'm, I'm just so curious to ask what what kind of music were you playing in terms of, like instrument? Were you playing like? Well, I play piano. Nice. But I also I was a vocal person, ah. so I, I do a lot of singing. So you're not going to sing on for us right no, now? Not no, not. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, no, you know, it's it's funny, too. Um, I have to ask this question mm-hmm. because as a man who lived in Brooklyn for seven years, where in Brooklyn were you living? Bed-Stuy. Right? 
That's that. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I was on, um, when I was doing college in New York, I was in, I was going to Hunter College in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And I was working in Times Square, so really, oh, yeah. like, the touristy New York. But yep. uh, I lived on, I think it was one Kosciusko Street, so, like, Bedford and oh. right near the G train. And, yep. mm-hmm. um, it was really interesting. Bedford and Ostrand. Right? Yeah, Bedford and Ostrand. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was there for God, almost six, seven years before yeah. I finished up college. Well, I had finished up college already, but I hung around a little right. bit longer to do my yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but it was it was interesting, you know. I always said to a lot of my friends, going to Proctor, being in an inner city school, being around you know black folks and Muslim folks and white folks and mm-hmm. people from different backgrounds, mm-hmm. prepared me really comfortably. I did not feel like alienated in New York at all. I felt right. like it was just like everything. I was like, yeah, this is just like going to Proctor, and it wasn't until I had friends come in from Whitesboro or from Notre Dame who were like. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I've never seen a Hasidic Jewish person before. I've never seen. I mean, like it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was wild, and it was like the first time as an adult that I ever had to come from. I was like, oh yeah, I guess you know, I I didn't give enough credit for how well Proctor and like going to school here mm-hmm. really prepared me to face the world outside of Correct. this little small bubble of upstate New York. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's different. Um, well, that, that's different. It, no, it's it's it was really. I loved it. I really did. I loved the culture. I loved the the excitement. There was mm-hmm. a real like liveliness to like yeah. living there just being so close to all these different things and all these different people and i don't want to live there again though no god no <laughs> I, I, you know why it's too expensive the money is the part that gets it so people tell me that they ask me this all the time they're like would you go back to new york i'm like i would go back to visit and like have a good time <laughs> exactly. but are you gonna give me like a hundred thousand dollar a year job because otherwise uh, yeah, I'm not yeah, going there. it was wild how much money i had yeah. to spend down i really did not expect it um, but you also, when did you move from Brooklyn to... 1990. 1990. Mm-hmm. So were you relatively young when that happened? Yes, yeah, so I was 14. Did you, did you know that you, were you not excited to, to come initially? I, I wasn't excited. Um, yeah. like I said, um, I, I moved here because my parents remarried, da, 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 da. It was like a long story, but, um, I didn't, wasn't getting along with my dad at the time. So it was mm. kind of like, yeah. a, a, a hard to swallow moving into a, a new town, no friends, yeah. and the youngest one out of all of my siblings who had to move. And I was going to ask you, uh, I asked uh, I, I asked Unique, how many, did you grow up around siblings, family, or other than sisters? Yes, I have six sisters, and I'm uh, the youngest. Six sisters, mm-hmm. the youngest of six, so yeah. also, you probably got to, you're got in the same boat as me. Yep. You had older sisters, and you were the youngest, and the only yep. boy. Yep. You probably got away with murder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. No, we, I, yeah, it was just a nice time. We, hit, you know, we had a a nice family setting. Mm. Uh, my mom kept us very cocooned in, yeah, in that in the house. So we we didn't have to go outside. We were our own friends. It's a lot of It was a lot of us. <laughs> Are you still close with your sisters? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it, I I grew up in like a divorced household. Like my, mm-hmm. my parents were divorced by the time I was eight, and I always sort of said as I got older. Having siblings is nice because they're the only real other people who can really know what your life was like growing up. Like your friends, you can tell your friends and you can tell other people, but, you know, my sisters were in the house when the stuff that Mm -hmm. was going on was going on. So you can sort of, you always keep those connections in such a tight way and you don't, it's hard to find that in other places. Absolutely. Um, so I want to get into, uh, Grady's way. I have the website pulled up here. It's just from the Catholic Charities website. But, um, so for folks who don't know, Grady's way is a residential emergency shelter for young men ages 12 to 18 in the community. Uh, it's a supportive housing program that provides youth with a safe and secure living environment, as well as, um, 
other life skills, activities, and things like that. Why was this something that you were motivated to do? Like, what what brought you around to wanting to do this? You said it's been like a really long process for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just my experience working in the Utica City School District mm-hmm. um, and the job that I do. I'm a, a parent liaison, so I deal with oh, a wow. lot of the. Uh, behavior issues and I have to go into the homes. So I, I've seen some of the situations that some of these young men are going through. Now I, I do understand a little bit why they misbehaving. I understand when yeah. they go home, what are they actually going home to? So um, a coworker um, of mine, she just heard me talking to some of the young men and trying to give them some good advice of how to deal with certain things. And she planted the seed in my head mm-hmm. to, you know, you should open up a home or have these kids live with you in your house. Um, which it sounded great, but how can I have kids live in my house, right, my right. personal house? So um, she planted a seed in my head, and then she she had a, a gift of doing that to people. Um, Aaron Scalise. Um, mm-hmm. So oh yeah, I know you, Aaron. you know Aaron. Yeah, know so Aaron, yeah. uh, Aaron, she has a gift of of, of seeing something in someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she planted the seed, um, I just went with went with it. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm I'm so curious about it because I. For years, up until just recently when I had to leave to do student teaching, I worked for a program through Utica College called the Young Scholars Program. And Young Scholars Program essentially is a support program for uh, high-diversity, low-income kids in the district. I sat at the table with you that day. Yeah, yeah, no, I... (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, it it was, again, you don't don't learn stuff until you experience new things in your life. And I... You know, this doesn't sound like much, but part of my job for young scholars, um, especially, you know, when we go on field trips or go to events, take kids to SAT prep or things like that, was to get in a big Utica College van and drive all these kids home, right? So I got to look at the situations that these kids would go home to. And, you know, they come in in the morning, you're wearing the same outfit every day. And it's all of a sudden, it's like, no wonder this, like, this doesn't always speak to you. Like, when teachers are like, why aren't you doing this? Like, you have real concerns that a lot of these other kids around you do not understand at all. Mm-hmm. And you have to take that with you every single day. And it was heartbreaking for yep. me. And it was really the first time uh, I got to really notice that. And that's why, you know, even though I'm no longer there because of the way the, mm-hmm. you know, grad school stuff, I'm a big student teaching now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, you know, you forge relationships with those kids and you felt, it felt so important to do something, even if it was just a little thing, to give them mm-hmm. a step up. Absolutely. Um, so I'm so curious. How does this process begin for you? So you get this idea. You're talking to Aaron Scalise about it. Now it's a reality. Does it feel weird now that it's a real thing that it's finally here? Does it not weird? I guess. But does, it, does it feel surreal in some sort of way that it's finally happened? Um, yeah, it does um, because it took so long. Yeah. Um, so I'm just I'm happy that it, it's we're open. I'm happy that things are moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish it would have happened years ago because yeah. um, we could have helped so many. Um, but uh, no, I'm very excited that it's, it's, it's here now. So you guys are also doing sort of like performance-based academics, job skills, seeking stuff, uh, counseling, college applications, transitioning. This is all probably stuff you, you wanted to do initially too. Like you guys really, is this a big part of the initial idea? Not just to be a place like a homeless shelter, but a place where people can better themselves and learn more. Yeah. Correct. You know, because they didn't have some, some of these kids don't have the tools. Like I said, they go home to no one in the home. Yeah. So that, what are they learning from? Yeah. How did how do they know how to do certain things? Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of these kids want to go to college. A lot of these kids want to do things in their lives. Mm-hmm. They just don't know how to go about doing it because nobody's home telling them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think too, you know, again, I grew up with parents who were educators. They, well, one parent who was an educator mm-hmm. and, you know, I had aunts in the education department and, you know, cousins and things like that. So education was always something that was really stressed really early on. Like you have to do well, you have to work hard at this. This mm-hmm. is how you do better and how you get, you know, ahead in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I look at my kids now, I'm like a lot of parents, you know, you reach out to call a parent about something and they're like, I, I do not care. I do not like school and I don't mm-hmm. think my kid has to go through this. And it really does sort of, yeah. you know, cut your legs out from you and as an educator. But I, I think it's, it's a way of thinking. Like, yeah. I don't think, and people may not like that I'm just going to say this, but mm-hmm. I don't think like, you know, going to college is, it's the thing you have to do. Um, there's more. a lot of people yeah. who haven't gone to college and are very successful. So it's the yes. way you the way you you think about what you what you want your life to be. I love that you brought that up. Actually, this is a thing we've talked about a lot in the show. And again, as a guy who is an educator in mm-hmm. high schools right now, it is probably not the 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 party line to say like every kid doesn't need to go to college. Right. But I think the world has changed. Right. Mm-hmm. We look at the world around us, and there's no longer a guarantee that having that bachelor's degree that associate's degree that master's whatever it is is a guarantee for a job we were sold a line as a kid which is essentially you go to school you work hard you get your high school diploma you get a college degree you get a job and sometimes you know it's sometimes better to have a degree than not depending on what you want to do but we've ignored a lot of really skilled jobs trade jobs that kids just don't only thing you're guaranteed is that bill at the end yeah that's that piece of paper (laughs) that piece of paper and that bill yeah it's not if you don't get that piece of paper you're getting that bill you're getting the bill (laughs) (laughs) exactly so i i just i never want to um discourage a, a, a young man who thinks that you know for me to live a greatest way, I have to go to college. I had no mm-hmm. trades are great, you know, and just get their mind thinking a different way mm-hmm. uh, is 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 key. So today was the first day. You said you had uh, your first person come in today, first boy come in today. Mm-hmm. What is the sort of process for like getting people in there? How does that work? Do these kids reach out to you guys? Do you look for troubled students or troubled kids in the district and reach out to them? How does that all work? It's going to be referral based. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it. Uh, but we do have the option they can just walk right off the street and come really? to us. Um, and then once they do that, there is a extensive questionnaire and information that we have to um, gather for that particular mm. person. And you guys are also doing sort of, a, now this is for ages 12 through 18. Correct. And you guys also have like three permanent apartments for older than that. Is that for folks who still struggling to get through the system at the end? or Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, this is, no matter how old they are, Everyone needs some type of guidance or mm-hmm. help or assistance. Um, so the apartments upstairs, our goal, Jennifer and our goal is to help them to be able to move out into their own permanent yeah. permanent house mm-hmm. and have a family if they want to have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our goal. Not to say they have to depend on Grady's way, mm-hmm. but just give them the tools to be able to go out on their own and be productive citizens. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, so... I guess my, the point, obviously, for you guys is that you don't you don't want them to be there for the entire time forever, right? For right. six, yeah. You want them to get that self sustainability and Correct. sort of move their way out of it. Correct. Now these are now is this? I'm reading through the article here and I'm reading through the website. Is this primarily for people who are homeless? Yes, homeless, right? Homeless. So this isn't for like kids who have a home and are just necessarily struggling at their house. No, no, it's for homeless. We have uh, young men now who just living in cars, mm. living at you know yeah. friends' house and. Couch, uh, couch surfing, mm-hmm. uh, so that's a lot of that is going on. 
Um, so we just want to give them, especially it's cold outside at this point. It's you know? wildly cold. Outside. And 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 you know where where are those? Where where are they staying? Hmm. What are they doing to survive? Hmm. Um, you know, everybody thinks homeless is like New York City, seeing somebody laying on the street, and they think that was that's homeless. Right. It's not. That's right. not what it looks like anymore. Hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Now, obviously, there's an upper limit to how many people you guys can take, obviously. But what's, like, how many people are you thinking going forward you're going to be having in the building from a day-to-day basis? Um, I can't see into the future, so I don't know. Some days might be more Mm -hmm. um, intrusive than other days. But we can house up to um, 11, Mm. up to 11 at once. So so, um, that's a full house. Mm -hmm. Now, if someone was listening to the podcast today and was concerned about a kid and they wanted to refer them, how could people reach out to refer someone to your program? Through the schools. Through the the county. Um, They can go to the county, they they can call the police. Um, So it's different ways you can go about doing it. Mm -hmm. Now that we've we've been public for a while now, everyone's knowing about Greatest Way. Where is the building, by the way, before I forget? It's at 1404 Genesee Street. Okay. All right. Okay. Right next door to Catholic Charities. Mm. Okay. And you guys have been working in conjunction with Catholic Charities for this? Yeah. Yes. So is it, it's not a church program necessarily. They just wanted to be involved in it? Well, um, when I started, uh, Catholic Charities was the only organization that was willing to uh, participate. The only organization? In helping... Um, adolescent boys mm. in that age group. Other people had a little issue or some concerns really? about helping adolescents boys. Did they say why or is it just sort of like a... They just didn't want to really deal with adolescent boys. Yeah. You know, they get a bad rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they do. <laughs> you know I mean? No, I mean, I can't tell you how many of my kids over the years, young scholars kids, you know, I, I think a lot of it is they... They talk to their teachers, they talk to, you know, people in the community, their parents, and they just don't feel like they're being listened to. Right. I mean, they, they talk and no one responds to them or no one takes them seriously. seriously. And that sort of skews their ability. Like, well, if no one's going to take me seriously, then I'm not going to take anything else seriously mm-hmm. either. And it's mm-hmm. it's shocking how much a little bit of, like, empathy and mm-hmm. open discussion goes with making these kids feel like, oh, there are other people out here right. you know, exactly. who are here to support me. It's not just me against the world. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Hmm. That's really powerful stuff. I think it's really, really impressive what you guys have done here. And I'm, I'm looking forward to nothing but success for you guys. And I hope that it goes as shiningly as you want it to. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, it will. Um, and again, folks, Grady uh, and Janiqua Robinson from Grady's Way. Uh, I will link all the website stuff on, on the website for Twitter and Facebook and all those kind of things. I see you guys are Instagram. You have an Instagram profile on there already. Oh, yeah. Do, <laughs> yeah. do you have? I think so. Yeah, I think I do. I have to look back at your fa- Facebook page for it. <laughs> social media. Social yeah, social media is a tough one. Right? Yeah. People on this show. Um, so, again, I want to thank you guys for coming in, but I do have lightning round questions for okay. you guys. These are the same five or six questions we ask everybody who's ever been on the show. Uh, Janique, I'm going to start with you. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Um, I take... Tea. Tea. So Very nice. I will take it with sugar and uh, honey. Sugar and honey. That's good. You know what? I've I've been told over the last few years because I drink way too much coffee that I should make the move and convert <laughs> over to like drinking tea. I just yeah. have a hard. It doesn't. It's gonna sound terrible. It doesn't satisfy me the same way. There's like a. Like, I don't know. I'm still struggling to make that full turn. I have a box of green tea that somebody gave me yesterday that I'm like oh, I'm, gonna, I'm like I'm gonna make it today and then I just yeah. still drink. It. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Grady, how about you? You wake up in the morning. Uh, how do you take your coffee? Um, what Bailey's? Smart. A very smart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny during the weekend. During, during the weekend, weekend yeah. of course. No, it's funny. Uh, the one that I always get most people is, you know, they take it just plain black coffee, and mm. I've never been able to do no. it. I've tried over the years to make my way away. Uh, no more creamer. No more sugar. I'm going to drink it, you know, plain. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't, it no. never, I can't get to it. Uh, <laughs> Greg, what was your first automobile? Uh, Kia. Oh, you had a Kia? Yeah. 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 <laughs> did you like it? Um, yeah, I did like it. Mm. I liked it. Until it stopped working. It still stopped working. <laughs> you may or may not remember this, but where uh, you may or may not have taken your Kia to see it. What was your first live music event? Oh, um, it was Diana Ross, New York City. Hell yes. It was that <laughs> infamous rainy day. Oh, I was wow. there. Where do you remember the venue? It was in um par, um <sighs> He's shaking his hand. I was yeah, I was eleven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh was it was Central Park. Central Park, okay. Central All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Central great. Park. Uh Jigul, same question for you. Do you remember your first automobile? It was a Honda Accord Black. Hey, I have a Honda Accord right now. Honda Accord friends. I love to yes, see it. Yes. Uh, and you may or may not have taken your Honda Accord to see it, but what was your first live music event? My first live music event was a Scream Tour 1. Mmm, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, the Bow Wow, the B2K, the we'll stay with you for this one. Uh, if you could have dinner with any person, living or dead, who is not your relative, who would it be and um, why? Not my relative, living or dead. I would have to say it would be Taraji P. Hitson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Why specifically? Is there um, a particular reason? I love how she conducts herself. Mm-hmm. I love how she does business. I think she's a very strong black woman. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she's very down to earth. She seems very fun. And I think we have a lot of the same traits, Cookie, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Grady, same question for you. If you could have dinner with anyone living or dead who is not your relative, who would it be and why? It will be two people, actually. Sorry, I can't. No, no, that's good. I would have to say Steve Harvey and Oprah Winfrey. Steve Harvey and Oprah Winfrey. Yes. Mm. Has that just always been like as Oprah, like Steve Harvey, has always been around something you've always like? They, they are my inspiration. I listen to a lot of their inspirational sayings. They got me through um, getting Grady's Way open. Mm-hmm. Just listen to a lot of their inspirational things. Mm-hmm. So very cool. I would like to sit down with them one day and, and have nice. a conversation. That's cool. That's very good. Uh, so I got two quick one, two more quick ones for you guys. Uh, Grady, I'll start with you on this one. Give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Well, uh, to be honest with you, I'm listening to Ladies of Soul. Mm. Um, <laughs> they're my band, and I'm listening to them because yeah. we have shows coming up, so I have yeah. to listen to all the songs that we're doing. So that's what I've been focusing on. That's what I've been listening to. I saw to. that on your Facebook page. So you're, you're doing like a... It's a is it you and other people doing this together? It's like I, I didn't get a chance yeah. to really look into so this. So I, I put a group together um, last year um, after Aretha Franklin passed away. Mm. Um, and we raised money for the C3 program at NVCC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we I called a few of my friends up and I asked them to um, participate with me. And ever since then, we started to get more gigs. So we became nice. a band recently. Wow. <laughs> a group. See, I uh, I used to do the band thing when I was younger, but we were like 
fake little punk rocker kids who pull their socks up real high and play their guitars real loud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were we were something to behold. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, same question for you. Give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. I am currently reading A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Did you watch the movie that they made? I did, and um, I love it. Yeah, like, yeah. I loved it. it. Made me tear up. I'm very emotional. <laughs> I said, I gotta get, I gotta get this book. So, yeah. now, had you read the book before you had seen the movie? Like, you read it when you no. were a kid. That's always something that we we're just talking about. This, me and a, a friend of mine. I, I'm always gun shy to see a movie if I know the book exists. Mm-hmm. Because this happened to me when I was a little kid. I was like a nerd for Stephen King when I was like 15, mm-hmm. 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I read The Shining, but I'd already mm-hmm. seen The Shining, the movie, so I could not... I was like, well, it's Jack Nicholson, right? I'm looking at the book, I'm like, everything is Jack Nicholson or, or Shelley yeah. Long or whatever, or, or Scatman Carruthers. Um, all right, and last but not least, Jinky, give me one more thing that you are passionate about. Um, one more thing that I'm passionate about is um, my nieces and nephews. Hmm. Um, I need them to be positive in their life, whatever they decide to be, whatever they want to do. Um, I'm here to help them become successful. Um, I like to think of myself as super auntie. (laughs) So (laughs) I just, you know, the youth are our future. And um, I feel that they are, they hold the key to the success. It's true. You know, I have, I don't have kids of my own, certainly, uh, but I am, I, I have nieces and nephews and I, it's the best case scenario for me. Because they're great, I love spending time with them. They're super funny, they're super clever. But when they're being jerks, I can just be like, "Go back and see your mom. Go back and see your mom. <laughs> yeah. go, go see your parents. I'm tired yeah. of you yeah. yelling at me about your Nintendo Switch. I don't care yeah, about that." So I, <laughs> yeah. the, the kids are our future. I think I have yeah. a, ten nieces and nephews and one great niece. Wow, so. ten nieces and nephews. Yeah, wow. yeah. You know, it's funny too. Like I, people, my mom is always harping on me about this. Like, when are you gonna get married and have some kids? And I'm like, "Oh, I got my. You know, I have a nieces and nephews, and I also have like." 200 kids at school to take up a <laughs> yeah. lot of my like extra time yeah, yeah. Uh, and they sort of that sort of makes me feel like I have enough kids around my life yeah, right now. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, Grady uh, same question for you one more thing that you are passionate about well I'm passionate about um, helping people be successful in what mm-hmm. they want what they plan on doing in their lives so I'm all about um, trying to motivate others um, once I'm once I motivate others, I get stronger myself. So um, really I'm, I'm just very passionate about uh, motivating people um, and their shooting for success. Wonderful. Yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, great, and Janique. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to come in and chat with us today. Uh, I have a phone number here on the website that just says 315-724-2158. I think that's the number that's connected with you guys. If yeah. not... Or it's Catholic Charities. It's one or the other. I will. I will do the link. All right. Well, never mind. No, that's Catholic. No, that's Catholic Charities. That's Catholic Charities uh, number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Catholic Charities number. Uh, but again, I will do the links for everything for uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff for you guys. So, I think it's amazing what you guys have chosen to do here and the amount of effort it seems like you guys have really put into this. And I'm I'm glad that it, even though it's taken longer than you may have thought it would take, that it's yeah. got to this place where you guys are open today and you're starting and mm-hmm. you're. It's got to feel really great to yeah. feel like all this work has led to something that's yeah. 
finally on the cusp. Janiko made breakfast this morning, so it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you make? I made um, kielbasa, eggs, oh, and a bagel. Yeah, I had leftover bagels. Is what I have a record. Like, it's one day, the, the one day old bagel that yeah. I'm like, I got about 24 hours left in these bagels yeah. before they're too stale, and I got to turn them into something else. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much. That was a great okay. pleasure to have you guys come in. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy the rest of your. I know you guys are probably working this week. I don't know. You I'm working there. I'm not no, working there. See, the schools are done for the week. I'm. Yeah. Maybe something around the house. Like, <laughs> too much access. Uh, all right. Uh, again, folks, I'll put everything in the link, and we'll be back to the show. Once again, Grady Faulkner, Janika Robinson. Uh, I'll link everything for all the stuff that's still going on with Grady's Way, but it's really awesome. We have a lot of great guests on this show who are doing a lot of great things, um, but these two specifically, yeah, this is, this it's, is it's pretty amazing yeah. and pretty ambitious, too. You know what I mean? Like This is a real real step up to the plate and real swing, so we wish them nothing but the best going forward. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, and they, they mentioned it during the interview, but you know, this is something that's been going back in terms of planning and getting processed for five years, but you know, he talks about going back like almost 14 years he's been wanting to do this and mm-hmm. be involved in it, so... Uh, you know, also Grady, I forgot that I, I forgot, we mentioned in the interview, but I didn't realize it in the intro, he was at those Genesis Awards with me and Andrew Dominio and Morgan, so he's another one of those people from that mm-hmm. Genesis Awards group who I have on the show now, mm-hmm. and he was my, my buddy sitting next to me at the thing, we were laughing at, uh, in, we had inside jokes, either way. <laughs> Good guy, though. Great time with, uh, with Janiqua and Grady. Uh, Kev, you actually brought this list to me today, so there, there is no history lessons this week, that was my present to Heather for coming in. Heather. Oh, wow, I love it, thanks. Um, welcome, Heather, hi. Uh, but Kevin, you pointed this to me today, and I felt like we had to talk about it. This is a list from the takeout uh, that they put on, and it is the five most overrated candies of all time. And I wanted to I'll run. Be the judge th- of that. I know. That's what I said. Um, so I'll go through the list real quick with you. But this was how they determined whether it was overrated or not: if it had unappealing mouthfeel or texture, a lack of complexity or sugar flatness in the flavor, an unforgiving aftertaste. Or a failure to fulfill any evident need in the candy marketplace. So this was their... Okay. Number one, the Hershey Kiss, uh, which is simply just a... Overrated. Over... I don't like... There's, you know what it is? There's something about the ratio of it. Like, I hate when you get, like, a Christmas cookie. Shout out to the Christmas cookie people out there. Where it's just like, I'm going to get a sugar cookie and put a Hershey Kiss no, right no, in the I top. Like no cookie has gone from higher to lower from when, when I was a kid to an adult than those cookies with the Hershey Kiss in the middle of them. When I was a kid, it was the best cookie you could make. Now yeah. when I'm an adult, I'm with you. I'm like, this is a piece of candy nominally stuck to a subpar cookie. Yeah. Miss me. <laughs> Miss me with uh, that. It's funny because my son got them for Valentine's Day. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have one of these. And I had one last night. I'm like, this is not, oh, this satis- is, yeah, it's this is not satisfying. Like, Trash. doesn't you know, do anything. Do you remember when I was a kid? I don't know if you guys remember this. When I was a kid, they made an alternate version of... Hershey Kiss is called Hugs, and they were yeah, uh, like white and dark chocolate yep. yeah, swirled together. Like those yep. those yep. were okay. I actually, 
Did they make a Hershey Kiss with an almond they in it? They did, and that's one I yeah. liked. That's they still, they make all these. Yeah, that, that was at least one I could. Handle. I don't even look for a Hershey Kiss when I go to, if I'm going oh. for like um, Halloween candy or something, or like that kind of, I would never get Hershey Kiss. No, it's more of a Christmas thing anyway. Christmas um, thing? I say one of the biggest, one of the biggest issues with the Hershey Kiss as a candy is the packaging is obnoxious. Like yes. The little you got like yeah. little pieces of foil and paper mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. it's messy. And it's roll it up into place. a ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great when you were young because you can flick those at siblings. Yes. Right? Roll it up Very into true. a ball and just you know aim for an eye or something. But. <laughs> I actually uh, here weirdly someone gave me the peppermint crunch ones for oh, Christmas. That's probably good. Those it was actually quite good. good. That, yeah, yeah. that was a nice one. Uh, but yeah, I can get behind that. How about the Butterfinger at number two? Uh, fresh Butterfingers, crispy, artsy. Uh, uh, area experience, however, what? if they get stale, uh, they are almost unedible. Who's having them stale? Who, wait, who is a Everybody, candy bar everybody's getting them stale because they're stale when you get them in the store. Oh, they are? Because yeah. they just probably oh. sit in the shelves forever. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, my biggest issue with a Butterfinger over the years is they're very hefty. It's a big candy it bar. especially It gets stuck in your teeth. It's huge, and it's kind of filling... Like if they, I would prefer like a fun size Butterfinger to a full size. I don't think butter. it's. I don't think. I don't think filling is the right term. It's but it's like a, it's a richness it's that you get sweet. sick. Of. You're not full. I don't yeah. care what size Butterfinger. You don't eat that and be like, oh boy, <laughs> no, I just had myself a meal. It's not like a turkey sub. Like it's not filling like that. But it's just the bar for how much of that concentrated like sugar and shit it's that you can much. take yeah. goes down as you get older. Yes, that's true. Naturally, you know what I mean. Uh, I would say that I would always rather take a Fifth Avenue bar over a Butterfinger. Always, 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 always. It's essentially the the competitor, the direct competitor, right? Like the I don't even know if they make them. I haven't seen a Fifth Avenue bar in the wild in a long time. All I know is candy bar prices have skyrocketed. That's all I'm going to say. Right? Really? $1.49 for a Kit Kat? That's crazy. Really? Yeah. I went, I was for a Kit Kat? Kit Kat. I had no real $1. idea. $1.49 at Target. Huh. Sorry, guys. Probably, soda, but that's crazy. And Target is probably part of it, too. I don't know. Target, Target's a big markup I mean, place. I never knew when they went above a dollar. That's what all I'm saying. I've never, I had no idea candy bars were above a dollar. Uh, Moving can, on, I know. I was going to say later, no, I was going to say later on, uh, one of the underrated candy bars in the world that I just saw a commercial for before we started this was Payday, but Kit Kat, I forgot about Kit Kat. Kit Kat doesn't get enough appreciation out there in the world. Good ratio of inside crunch to chocolate. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Uh, number three is the Twizzler. The Twizzler is number three. Ugh. A flavorless plasticine nightmare that sits go. on shelves and placates the non-agrarian... Uh, I, I, I can't even print it. It's bad. People don't like the My Twizzler. husband's favorite candy. Um, I don't mind a Twizzler, but I do notice, like last time, I got a bag of Twizzlers not too long ago. It was on sale at the grocery store, and I brought it home, and um, they kind of don't have much flavor to them. There's really not much to a Twizzler. That's something that I like about them. I yeah. find a lot of candy to be too much. Like the a lot of candy where it's like the gummy and like covered in like the sugar or the sour. I know I know you're into that. A lot of times mm-hmm. for that for me, it'll be after a couple, I'm like, alright, this is more than enough like sugar in the mouth and system right now. Uh Twizzlers are good movie food because they're very silent. Right? If you're eating them in a movie, you don't want to buy it. they don't make any sound necessarily once you open the bag. I'm a red vines guy though. I would prefer a red vine to a Twizzler. Almost any say Heather's face, you can't see it. I think she's like grossed out. So gross. You can use a red vine as a straw. You can't use you a Twizzler. Twizzlers. You can. You bite no, off both ends and you use it. That's not true. The crimp. Can. I've done it. The crimp is too tight. Give me one. I'll take you to the store right, right now. Right now. Where you gotta go. 
<laughs> you want to go? <laughs> We're leaving this segment to go buy Twizzlers. I think we can all agree that the real um, sick people are the ones who eat the black licorice. That's gross. Mm. Those people aren't human. They're serial killers. I like watch, black. Watch them do well, it. So here's the thing. Watch them do it. I like yeah. good and do plenty. It right now. Watch them do it. I like good and plenty's. Watch I like happen. Sambuca. There are certain black licorice anisette flavors that I like. Hate it. But like black jelly bean. But when I was a kid, Same. so when I was a kid, yeah, black jelly beans are tough. When I was a kid, my this is really random memory. At the Jim's Hardware, True, True Value Jim's Hardware in Webster Ave in East Utica, where my dad used to own the store. Above the store, he had two, like, boxes of, like, you know the little nub twizz- like Twizzlers, like the little Twizzler bites that they yeah. make? Yeah. The nibs, whatever they're called? I forget. He had two boxes, the red box and the black box, right? And I don't think I ever once went out of my way to eat a black no. licorice Twizzler. Uh, that's, it's, some, that's some great depression shit. <laughs> my grandfather liked it. I think that's probably what you're talking like. 100%, it's, uh, yeah. When there wasn't as many candies to have. Yeah. When they didn't have any candy, so they had to just try to pass that off as candy. I like a good and plenty. You guys hate them. Because but... they got black licorice in the middle. But they have the candy Disgusting. coating on the outside. Doesn't matter. It's black too licorice. Sweet. They're it's still... horrible. Ugh. You find black licorice to be too sweet? It's just gross. No, no, no. The candy oh, the candy coating. I was gonna say. No, black licorice is just, just gross. My old man gave me some sambuca last time I saw him, which is essentially black licorice That's flavor, gross. and I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with it. Like, I don't put it in my coffee. It's not really a thing that I do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I was having an espresso, you could top you off a little bit. Got the that. espresso machine fired up? Oh, you want a little espresso sambuca after this? No, not me. No, I don't. It's gross. <laughs> Uh, number four here, simply to troll me, is the Haribu Gold Bear. Uh, their argument here on this list is that it has a density too much like human flesh. It's a little gross to put in your mouth. Um, I actually like Haribu Gold Bears. I think all the Haribu products are dope. Yeah. Um, but I guess there are other Haribu products I like better than the, just the regular gummy bears. Like, I like the snakes and the dinosaurs. The twin snakes are pretty the good. The cherries. The twin cherries. Those yes. Are good. Yes, I mess with the twin cherries. Those are good. Um... I don't know. This one felt like they were just doing it on here to troll me, and I think this is why. I feel like this whole list is to troll you. No, because Jolly Ranchers is the next one, and I feel like Jolly Ranchers are. I love Jolly Ranchers. I love those are good too. I like the Apple Jolly Rancher and the Cherry Jolly Rancher, mm-hmm. but once you start getting down that list outside of those two flavors, I I'll throw away a Blue Raspberry Jolly Rancher. To it's me, like... it's the best flavor. Really? Yeah, for sure. Blue Raspberry? Of course. Oh my god. Of course. Raspberries aren't blue. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Jolly Ranchers, I don't know. I feel like they're always, I get them sometimes and go, hey, Jolly Ranchers, I haven't had these in a while. And then I'm like, ah, this is a little annoying. And all of it again, too, is just getting older. I, have I way can't l- imagine I, eating them now. I have way less tolerance or desire for candy than I did when I was young. You know what I mean? No, I don't, because I love candy. Uh, I can't true. help myself. But I you're, like an an, you're a bit of an anomaly with that, I feel like. Um, I mean, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I mean, like, it is what it is. I, you know what it is, too? I actually have a lower tolerance, I think, for, like, chocolate candy than a lot of people do. Like, I tend to eat a gummy candy or a, like... Yeah, you like a straight, like, sugar-sour candy over a chocolate. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to kick a chocolate out of bed with me or anything, but, like, I, you know, I, I just... I don't know what it is. It's the same thing I have with, like, a soda. I can't explain what it is about a Coca-Cola that I like so much. I just do. I like mm. what I like. It is so like it's, it's a comfort food. It's a trigger, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's comfort food for sure. Uh, any other... Ki- like a little kid. Any other candies that we didn't mention that were on this list? Anything you find particularly overrated that's popular out there in the world? Uh, yeah, probably. Is the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup still the best? Yes. The best candy out there in the world? Like, is Those it the are most amazing. unimpeachable? Or the Reese's Pieces, I guess? Yeah, Reese's Pieces, too. Both. Those, that's yeah, the best. Yeah, pretty, pretty... I, I mean, like if you're going for some wide pieces. range. 
You that's a that's a weird take. Peppermint patties. Good. Not everybody would patty. have that take. Yeah. I don't mind a peppermint patty, but peppermint that's junior mints. Yummy. Junior mints, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Can I tell you one that I'm kind Whoppers. Sorry, oh, God, see, now. oh no, Whoppers. <laughs> see, Whoppers is no good for me. I can't I can't get behind the molded milk ball. Can't the hate the Whopper. Uh, you know what I'm kind of down on, which used to be one of my all time favorites, mm. was Skittles. Ew. I'm Ugh. down on Skittles. Skittles, I feel like it hurt your jaw. I feel yeah, I feel like your dental insurance isn't strong enough to be <laughs> yeah. when you get older. Like it's a real it's a real endeavor to eat Skittles. That's another one where it's like it's so sugary that after like you give me, you know, seven to ten individual Skittles, I'm like, yeah, we're set here. Preferably the red <laughs> ones. You know what I mean? Maybe some of the very buried. Boy. That's how I can tell I'm getting old. I prefer, I would say, uh a Halloween style, like fun size amount of something, as opposed to a king size bag of Skittles. Like I can deal mm-hmm. with Skittles mm-hmm. if you give me that little fun size pack you get right in the package or something. But like a share size bag, I the might problem, as well put it in a bowl and give it to everyone else. Is that the Halloween candy is always uh, stale garbage. Yes, it's always very true. Just like stale, dried up, like dusty. <laughs> it's true. Which is the opposite of like when you get those little bags of chips. Those are always fresher than the big giant bags of chips you get in the grocery store. I feel like you get the little. Oh, are they really? I feel like, I feel like they always huh. are. Um, the undisputed reigning champion of the candy bar aisle for me. It's been a minute, but will always be the what you call it. Oh my gosh! Mm. Why did I think of that? Mm. Literally was my pound favorite. Pound undisputed. Favorite. Is yeah. it still out? I oh yeah. Oh, you can get it. What you call it? Yeah. 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 It sounds good. I don't have one quite sometimes. Yeah, it's but. been a long. I mean, I used to love that candy bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a story I found right before we went into the air. I don't even have notes for it, but this I feel like Kevin is a story just for you. Uh, <laughs> Get out of here! Uh, Universal Studios announced they are opening a third uh, new park coming to their Orlando resort. It's called the Epic Universe, and it's going to have several unique lands based on uh, intellectual properties. Mm, let's so see where this is going. So they're making a Super Nintendo world. They're making a world based on like the Fantastic Beasts, the Harry Potter thing. They're making one on how to train your dragon. But the most unexpected and interesting one is they are making a land themed to the classic universal monsters like Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, the Creature from the Black Lagoon. And the Mummy. And, of course, the Mummy. And the Invisible Man. You're a big classic fan of horror. You like these classic horror films. Are you interested in this universal? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Number one, Universal Studios is excellent. Oh, Um, yeah. If they didn't have the Disney is so large that like it's tough to put Universal over Disney, but Universal would it would be much more like if the three of us were going and it was just the three of us, mm-hmm. I think we would have a better time at a Universal than we would at a Disney. You know what yeah. I mean? Heather, if you were bringing your family, I would say Disney's the mm-hmm. one, and we would still have fun at Disney. But no, I like Universal. Um, I think that's insane. cool. And yeah, they. I mean, I just grew up. I remember watching those movies a bunch of times when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. My mom liked those movies too, and she was into like you know some like scary movies and like scary books. Got me on like Stephen King and that kind of thing. Um, so I just I grew up seeing and being really interested in taking out books from the children's library, um, at the Utica Public Library about yep. classic you know like Boris Karloff's Frankenstein, Bela Lugosi as Dracula, Lon Chaney Jr., all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been into it for a long time and I like it. So I think that's a really cool idea. I hope they do it justice. I just think it's a really interesting intellectual property to choose. Like a lot of these other properties, it makes sense. You know, these are really big giant properties. Nintendo's big and this Harry Potter universe. You can really do some interesting stuff with a Universal Monsters theme park. And it, well, they, it's a niche. It's a lane that other people don't really have. Uh, so they're going to have apparently the Castle Frankenstein. They're going to build looming over a village with the old windmill from the old Frankenstein thing. It's going to be themed on like a European village, which is very, very cool. I like, um, so when I was a kid, I went to Universal Studios 
and Disney. Like, we went on a big family trip sure. when we were little kids. And I remember that I was just at that height and age where I was too short to go on some of the rides, but not all of the rides. Uh, but some of the ones at Universal I could go on, there was the King Kong ride, which I loved, and the Jaws ride, which was one of my favorite rides of all time, even though it's, like, objectively not a great ride. <laughs> it's only okay. And they're both gone now. They replaced yeah. him with, like, other... because yeah, nobody knows no, where that stuff no is. what Jaws yeah. is. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. I, it's a shame. And the King Kong one is gone. King Kong came out, like, 1930. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. I mean, if I said true. King Kong the Kaz, you'd be like, what? Well, I have no idea what you mean. Well, they're making a new King Kong movie next year, so... Yeah, he's, yeah. he's fighting Godzilla in it. Yeah, Kong's but that's... They don't, they don't make movies like that for kids anymore. They're for adults who yeah, wish like, they literally. were still kids. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. So, what else happened this week? Uh, oh, there's a new film coming out. Uh later this year that claims that Tupac the rapper is alive oh and lived Tupac the accountant <laughs> Tupac yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and he's Tupac said the rapper I feel like if he was alive he would definitely not be hiding well apparently he's living in New Mexico he decided to fake his death wow. and move to New Mexico as opposed to Jamaica or Cuba or somewhere else yeah. outside of the continental United States where I imagine if you wanted to not be found it'd be a lot easier why New Mexico? What because the? Because you, you definitely want to be based in the United States. If you don't want anyone to ever find you. Yeah. If you got money, plenty of a big country. Yeah. It's a real big country. I, I can't. At this point in time, what would be the point of finding Tupac? Just to be like, hey, are you alive? Yeah, yeah at I this guess. Point, it's kind of yeah, like, it's it'd be, already it'd be one of the biggest stories of all time. It'd be insane. How, I, how old would he be if you were? Alive? I have to look up the research. He, Wouldn't he be like uh, in the sick, almost fifty something? About fifty, Probably fifty yeah. something. Yeah. He was like twenty-five or twenty-six. Actually, no, I think he might have been. I think he might have been twenty-seven when he died. Because I think he was huh. one of those twenty-seven guys. Was he was like, somewhere between twenty-five and twenty-seven, and it was like ninety-six, ninety-seven yeah, range. Yeah. All right, so then I'll come with you at this one. If they actually did find him and make this documentary, I feel like it wouldn't just be like a. Second line story on Vice. Oh, I, these people. Yeah, didn't these find people. Yeah. No, 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 no. no, these people. And I saw the same Vice article that you're reading. I from. Like, yeah. Can you send me that article? Those yeah, people didn't Please. find him, but um, if he's out there, leave him alone. Yeah, like, it's if true. If you want to be around, then then let the man not be around. You know. All right, Heather, I'm sending it to you right now, so okay, it'll be good. on your phone. Um, anybody who wants to, anybody who's like world famous like that and feels like they want to check out with a fame game and get their life back, I think should have the rights to do that. I'm not saying that's what I think happened here, but if somebody's sure. like, yo, I really just want to disappear from the culture, be left alone, and just leave me alone, mm. I think I think it would be nice to respect that. I don't expect yeah. the people to respect that, but it would be nice if they did, you know? Uh, so here's a local story for you guys. Uh, this was okay. getting, some, uh, this was getting mm-hmm. some play on Facebook, and they shared, and I saw our GFOP, Beth Coombs, shared it. Mm. Apparently, there were some people walking around the Sanger Town Square Mall filming people on their phones this week. Some real shady individuals. Oh, yeah, I read that article. Yeah, uh, I mean, apparently mall security identified them and, like, ran them off, but, like, I... Because Seeing people in public places were taking video on their cell phones. it's not the first time they've had people dressed in suits walking around filming people. Yeah, it's real unsettling to me. So it's weird. I, don't know, I think, like, human trafficking and weird things like that. That's good. Like, yeah, like my, where my first thought goes. <laughs> well, I'm, I guess I gotta read the articles. I feel like Not I much in it. I feel, very, I feel very, like I'm missing it here. Very so, brief. here's what it is. While sitting in the food court with my son and his girlfriend at the Sanger Town Square Mall, I noticed a man videoing us. When he looked his way, he would immediately put his phone in another direction so as not to be noticed. Uh, when we took our phone out and tried to record him, the man quickly got up and walked away. About five minutes later, the same man appeared, appeared three tables behind me, recording again. We all believe he was working with another suspicious male that was alone at a table, no bags with the cell phones out. Both males were aware that we were watching them. 
So, you wonder what they're doing floating around and they're filming people on the Do phone? you? I would. Do we not know? Just being creeps, I guess. Yeah, they're perverts. Well, maybe they're not really <laughs> filming them. They're just on their phone. This is what... I mean, if somebody's, like, directly pointing at you and filming yeah. a short, like, oh, we think he's working with this other guy because this other guy was mm-hmm. sitting alone without a bag. What if, if you didn't see that man do anything, that's just, like, extrapolation. Like, that's a little bit uh, egocentric to just kick that other guy in and be like, oh, it's a grand conspiracy. But, yeah, the other guy's probably just a pervert. But they've had is, is issues with people. This yeah. Happened. For sure. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying they shouldn't try to stop these people and now. get them out. But, like, yeah. I don't think it's, like, you know... It's kind of nervous. I don't think it's like a criminal conspiracy. People wonder why no one wants to go shopping in the stores anymore. You can just go to Amazon. There's nothing in them. <laughs> well, that's a good point, too. Uh, also this week, uh, the Westminster Dog Show happened, uh, and the top prize went to the Poodle. The Poodle as opposed to the good, good boy Golden Retriever who came in second. Uh, my Here's my issue with the Westminster Dog Show. They should have a category for non-purebred dogs. Why not? Yeah. Defeats the purpose. I suppose. There's no standards upon which you can judge a non-purebred dog. The it's reason the judgment... The re- no, because the reason the judgment works... Well, make that, a different kind, like a Special Olympics just, kind. Yeah, then it just turns... No, not even that, but then it just turns into like the dunk contest where it's arbitrary and doesn't mean anything, right? Like, the no, reason right. that they can have judgment in the Westminster Dog Show is because there is a standard by which the breed is judged <laughs> against. But I can understand why you say that, because you want the other dogs to be a part of it, too, but they can't. Let those dogs live their lives. No also, that kind of stress. I always think so I say we should enter normal kids in pageants. We should put no kids in pageants. I like to watch... Well, maybe we should put no dogs in pageants. Yeah. Maybe we should put no dogs in pageants. I actually don't mind watching the Westminster Dog Show, but when I have watched it in the past, or any sort of dog show, I find myself just rooting arbitrarily for no reason for, like, the dogs that I... Like, Get the bulldog. The bulldog's the one. How come this bulldog lost? Oh, literally everything on TV. It's <laughs> arbitrarily rooting for whatever it might be. I don't know. Something about the poodle feels very... Uh, so glad we don't watch TV together. <laughs> it feels very, um, uh, I don't know, upper crust, yeah. the poodle. I like the working it's man. It's the Westminster Kennel Club dog show. You got damn right it's upper crust. <laughs> All right. Golden All Retrievers right. are perfect. They shouldn't even be allowed to be entered in. It's a Golden Retriever. It's conceptually perfect. Every single one of them. <laughs> it's a great point. You cannot miss with a Golden Retriever. Terrible. Uh, so, whoa, whoa, back up. What's terrible? Golden Retrievers. Are terrible? Wait, I'm thinking of the wrong dog. I'm thinking of a Labrador. You don't like Sorry. Labradors? That's a bad take, too, but I'm, Golden Retriever is no, terrible. No, I meant to say Lab... I've seen him a Labrador. A Labradoodle? Labrador. You're talking about? No, I like just a Labrador dog. You don't like Labradors? Oh, I had one. They're terrible. Was your lab bad or our labs bad? Everybody I talk to says that they have like they're obnoxious and hard to train. Uh, my first, they're that's wild. Maybe you got lucky and had a good one. I never had one, but who do one. you know who has? One? I had literally lab. everybody. It's the most. Everyone it's the I most, ever talked to is just a pain about the train them. It's because they're a bad trainer. They're the most popular family dog in the are. country, they're like, and they're considered one of the most easily trainable dogs. You just got. They're, they're just active. I even had one, and I'm patient. Yeah, uh, how we, old are you? Twenty-eight. No, twenty-six. We had a we had a lab briefly. So Settle this off the air, Heather. <laughs> we had a lab briefly a lot of uh, at my house on Valentine Bray when Ooh, I was a kid. False. He was a weird mix. Who, Lucy? Oh, okay. I thought not, you were talking about not Smudge. I thought you were talking R. about R. that Smudge. big giant two hundred pound was, dog that used to live in the kitchen. No, no, no. That was a different thing. Smudge is a good boy. Uh, no, we had a briefly had a Labrador after my dad moved out, and yeah. it was just me and my mom. And Tootsie had died, which was our beagle when we were kids. Mm. So my mom wanted to get another dog, but we got this really young. Labrador retriever, golden like a uh, blonde Labrador retriever, right? And right. it was wasn't enough yard. It was well. That's too, so know. that's the trick with labs because labs are are easy to work with, and easy to train, but they have 
so much energy and so many exercise requirements and mental stimulation requirements that like you can't you can't get a lab then leave the lab home all day take it out for two walks around the block and expect it to be chill that's just not how that dog is gonna work you know what i mean but you got a yard or you can let it go out and like you're consistent actively training it number one family dog in america for a reason still not goldens though love a golden retriever the shedding is a problem though I still like those bulldogs. I know they don't live Love a bulldog. I love all the dogs. I'm, I just love dogs. Uh, before we close out, I'll hit you guys with a couple quick mind-blowing facts that have been verified by Reddit. So here's a few quick... Oh, yikes. Well, another three. Verified so the mall... by Reddit. Did you guys know the Mall of America actually doesn't have any heating, even though it's located in Minnesota? During the winter, the heat produced by the lights in the stores and the shoppers is enough to keep it at a comfortable temperature. Makes sense. Plus, they get, they get made skylights, too, don't they? Yeah, I believe that's Yeah, a lot of natural light comes in. Uh, the tent... effect. The tenth president, John Tyler, has living grandchildren still, mm-hmm. still floating around. Uh, sharks were on Earth before trees, as mm-hmm. confirmed. Uh, all the objects around you are actually vibrating. All the solid yeah. objects. That just bothers me hearing that. <laughs> yeah. That like really bothers me. It's right not a good fact for folks who, who deal with anxiety. Like me. <laughs> Every single thing around you is vibrating. It's so weird. Forty-three uh, percent of all the people born prior to eighteen hundred died before the age of five. Forty-three yeah. percent of all people. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. No vaccines, well, that's why. No that's why when people always say like, "Oh, well, life expectancy back then," people didn't. People used to live until old age. Yeah. But it was just the average was brought down because infant mortality was just mm-hmm. uh, off the charts. There are more. This is a crazy one. There are more molecules of air in one breath than there are breaths in the atmosphere. That means that every breath you take contains at least one molecule of uh, Isaac Newton's last breath. Uh huh. It's a weird one. <laughs> it's a tough one to say. It's yeah. Like properly. In process. And then, last but not least, uh, George Washington never knew that dinosaurs existed. They were not discovered. Oh, what a shame! Happened. Didn't know. Probably found those bones. Assumed it was a dragon, or a cyclops. All right, uh, Heather. Thank you for coming in today. Yeah. I'm happy to see you. Thanks. Your hat is great again. I tell Thanks. you this every week. This Patagonia hat. I'm jealous of it. Okay. I'm, I've had a resurgence with the beanie top hats. I've been seeing them around a little more lately. And I think, Kids uh, have brought them back around the last couple of years. I've never thought they looked good on me. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I wear them correctly or something. Yeah, but think about how much stuff you wear now that you wouldn't have thought looked good on you six, seven years ago. <laughs> Everything I've ever worn looks good on me. Go back to all my photos from when we were 15 Gosh. and we'll prove that for a fact. Go to my Facebook page. I see. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can follow Heather on, uh, on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. You can follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow I might me. be tweeting again. Might be no, tweeting no, no. again. I know, I can't wait. Uh, Tweet at me, I'll probably answer. You can follow That's me at SF Doom or just follow the show well, at Unicast. <laughs> we are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Stitcher Podcast, Apple Podcast, take it over the web, Uticast.com uh, for all current and back episodes. Uh, MadeinUtica.com. Uh, Justin will be on at some point in time uh, to talk about the new Handshake City schedule, which he posted this yeah. week for all the events coming up. So awesome. get excited for that. Uh, Sayonara, humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, the tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. And as always, we will see you next week on another episode of the Uticast. Have a good week, folks.